Welcome everyone to another market commentary from Stashaway. With me, my whole team of the investment side, we have our CIO, Freddie Lim. Hey, Freddie, how are you? Hi, everyone. It's been a while. Uh, it's good to be back to the show. It's good to see you again. It's been a while as well. And of course, we also have our deputy CIO, Stephanie. How are you, Stephanie? I'm great. Hope everyone is having a great week. Yes, yes. So far, so good uh, on my side, for sure. But um, obviously, we wanted to share some news with, uh, with our listeners and our uh, audience on YouTube or wherever you consume this market commentary these days. And um, Freddie, there will be some changes being made uh, to our portfolio. So what we call a re-optimization, right? Um, do you want to walk the listeners um, through that just high level a little bit more in detail? Well, as you know, um, every once in a while, we, due to huge economic changes or even valuation distortions in the markets, our algorithm will make adjustments to the allocations in your portfolio. Regardless of the risk levels you have, each one of you will be impacted in various different ways. But the current re-optimization is designed to enhance and further broaden the inflation protection we bring to your portfolios. And as you know, uh, due to our past uh, significant investment in gold since December 2017 and, uh, and, and our investment in TIP, the Inflation Protected Securities, we have already have a, a lot of inflation protection for portfolios in the past. But the thing is that the world is becoming a little more uh, mirrored, <laughs> a little more garden variety of style now. Uh, we decided to enhance and broaden the types of inflation you, uh, you, you get through, uh, uh, through investments in uh, export, uh, uh, you know, uh, commodity exporting countries, equities, uh, so like Australian equities. Uh, we also uh, sort of broaden, uh, we have some portfolios with investments in uh, XLE, which is energy uh, select uh, ETF that focus on the energy sector. So uh, we're trying to broaden and then drill down further to the nuts and bolts of inflation uh, to just ring fence it. No, great. Thank you for that overview, Freddie. And I, of course, you know, if, if you ever want to learn more about this, feel free to put additional questions below the video or um, send us an email to support at stashaway.com and we'll happily pick those up over the next few weeks. And, you know, Freddie and also our support team is more than happy to, to reach out and answer any of them that you might have. With that being said, though, Freddie, um, we did get quite a lot of questions surrounding our um, China tech innovation ETF holding, which is uh, the, the, the ticker is actually KWEB or QAP, right? Um, so I wanted to, you know, either from Stephanie or from yourself, um, get a little bit of a feel of where you stand. So some of the questions are surrounding, obviously, there's, it's, it's not performing as well as, let's say, US equities uh, over the last few months, right? Where does the... Um, what are the what are the what are the reasons why that is happening, right? And where do you see that tick or this ETF actually fit in in the long term as well, right? We can look at short term versus long term, but then maybe you can put that a little bit more in perspective from people because we do get that question quite a bit lately. Well, you know, um, first on the short term, uh, we know that uh, China uh, technology has been impacted by a wave of antitrust measures against them. Um, but our perspective, uh, I mean, this is a well-known fact. 100 people in the room would all knew this already. Um, so the market has sort of priced it in. 
uh, that's sort of our stance there. Um, however, we are long-term investors on our platform. We need to start looking at the potentials uh, that it brings uh, beyond the immediate. And if you look at the cycle, you, whether it's China's five-year plan or 10-year plans, it all revolves around technological revolutions. The trade war is just going to make it worse because it's now you, it's no longer U.S. versus China. It's, US, uh, it's China versus the, the, the West. And the confidence that the Chinese uh, have on, in terms of, oh, what's the reliability of my trading partners of, you know, in terms of giving me parts and chips and it's a certain, a certain part of the supply chain uh, that, that feeds into my, my technological products, right? Those things are now in doubt. And the Chinese are embarking on a massive campaign to rebuild 5G, to build 5G networks, uh, to, to, to build chips making uh, capabilities themselves, right? So um, we felt that in terms of the, the long-term potential for China, uh, it's, it's immense because of this structural investment they are making to, to, to just uh, reduce their dependencies on other partners, right? So that is one of the very, very big story for years to come. Um, don't, do not let a few months of uh, underperformance uh, overwhelmed your long-term decisions. Ultimately, it's about having the right amount of it such that your overall portfolio caters to your specific risk level, right? Not every portfolio will have a lot of KWEP. It's a function of your risk level. If you're antsy, if you're nervous, review your risk. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, um, anything to add there from your side, Stephanie? Yeah, I guess, I mean, as, as Freddie has said, um, the KWeb corresponds to different types of uh, risk levels. And the, I mean, if it, it, within our portfolio, I mean, different uh, portfolios with, uh, would have a different, uh, I guess, level of exposure to KWeb. And it's also important to look at history as well. Um, uh, what kind of, Volatility would uh, KWeb has as an index, right? So if we look at the year-to-day performance, um, KWeb is down twenty percent. But I mean, bear in mind it went up twenty percent uh, at the beginning of the year, and then it went down forty odds percent from its peak. And if we look at historical episodes, uh, the, the same thing happened in the second half of uh, two thousand eighteen when China was tightening policy. Uh, KWeb also had a forty odds percent drawdown. Uh, also in 2015, uh, KWeb had a 40 plus percent drawdown uh, in in a span of three months. So this is not with like out of what what the historical volatility of of what a instrument like KWeb has performed. Um, and I think it's as Freddie said, right? It's important to keep a long term perspective. And then also, if you look at, I mean, the companies right now, I mean, they're obviously they're trading at a lot cheaper valuation than they were. A few months ago. So, as a long-term investor, this is actually um, a, a good opportunity to get exposure. Perfect. No, great. Thanks both of you for that for those details. As I said, lots of questions on that. Um, one follow-up question to that, Freddie, that um, someone posted uh, below the video from last time is that um, he said he recently read that we don't actually buy Chinese shares, right? Within the um, within the ETF and that there is some kind of BIE scheme behind it. So he's asking how does that review such risks and what protection can investors expect if the VIE becomes void? Is there anything um, that, that you want to share with on that part, 
Ready? Um, the risk is not just the VIE scheme being voided by China, but I, I think that's a bit hasty to assume anyway, because uh, what the Chinese government can do to say, well, you can't use it anymore, come home. So, so other than worrying about delisting by the US, which takes a couple of years of processes, there's also the risk that the Chinese government say, hey, I want you to come back. That's the risk. It's not like the stock's going to go kapoof, it's disappeared just like that. No, you, it's just going to go be listed back on, in Hong Kong or a domestic Chinese exchange, right? So then the bigger question around this VIE schemes, uh, the, the, the listing risk is that whether KWeb as a fund manager could manage uh, stocks onshore. And currently, out of the 53 names that KWeb owned, 40 names are American Depository Receipts, the ADRs. And the ADRs are issued on the back of the VIE scheme. So that's what the question is about. Now, if that goes away, what it means that KWeb, the fund manager, simply has to move away from ADRs, now going to owning stocks on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange or the Shenzhen Stock Exchange. It's not like the stock's just going to disappear and go to zero. It's... It's a, it's, it's a very um, misleading question in the first place, in my opinion. Um, if uh, Stephanie, if anything, a chime in, uh, feel free. Yeah, I would say, I mean, if you look at the composition of, uh, of KWeb, um, right now, there's uh, 30 plus percent of exposure actually for stocks listed in Hong Kong. Um, and uh, as Freddie said, uh, if there's... Um, any changes to regulations, et cetera. They, uh, we've seen these, right? A lot of companies are delisted in the States uh, and, and being relisted in Hong Kong, even Shanghai, and that those can be uh, changes that the ETF makes. Yeah, no, exactly. So thank you for the question, um, Li Hyung Chong, and thank you for the answer to the both of you. Um, for everyone else, we have a lot of webinars coming up, so listen closely if you want to attend some of those. Um, we start on the 28th of July, 7 p.m. Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong time, and 3 p.m. for the Middle East region. It's going to be an Ask Me Anything on the reoptimization of your portfolios. So what Freddie high-levelly touched today already, he will go with the investment team on in a lot more details on the 28th of July. So please join us for this. If you have any questions on that, um, feel free to ask them during the session. I think this will be super interesting and it will be Tons of people there. Uh, so if you want to also submit your question maybe beforehand to our support channel, please do that um, so we can prioritize them as well. Then we also have on the 27th of July, so one day before, um, 7 p.m. Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong time, 3 p.m. Middle Eastern time. Uh, we have a super interesting um, talk between Stashway and Diane, Diane Jung on coaching, decluttering your money beliefs. And if you want... Um, we also have a podcast recorded with Diane. Uh, so if you want to listen to that before and then, you know, maybe um, gets you even more questions going, feel free to listen to that and uh, then attend our uh, webinar as well. On top of this, uh, we have on the 28th of July, another event at 6 p.m. That's going to be called Personal Finance Basics. So if you want to learn more about the Personal Finance Basics, you can join that uh, for our Malaysian audience at 6 p.m. On the 4th of August, 6 p.m. in Malaysia, we also have our investing basics. So that's kind of the follow-up to the personal finance basics uh, that I just mentioned before. And in Hong Kong, we have on the 30th of July, 
an event at 1.30 p.m. It's called Stashway Hong Kong Ask Me Anything. That will be in Cantonese. So if you are uh, wanting to listen to this in Cantonese, please feel free to join that session as well. And last but not least, I told you there's many of them today. We also have a um, event on the 4th of August at 6 p.m. Middle Eastern time. So for that audience, it's called Stashway Money Chat. How to spend and save the smart way with a super nice guest. It's Saeed Hejazi. He's the CEO and co-founder of Wally. So please feel free to join that as well. All of those links to sign up will be in the show notes below um, on our website, on our Eventbrite pages, on our Insta and social channels. So please feel free to sign up wherever you follow us. That was a lot of webinars. So we hope to see as many of you as possible at all of them. Uh, or even if you just attend one or two, please do. They're always super educational uh, and we always get great feedback on them. With that being said, thank you again so much for joining us again uh, this week. Also, thank you to my guests, um, Freddie and Stephanie. It was super insightful. I will see everyone later. Have a great week ahead.